Welcome to Welcome to another episode of Puppet Hunt. Puppet Hunt Radio. Radio. With Matt and Le- And Lane. Okay, we'll do this again. Get it in post. Get it in post. Uh, this is very exciting. We have Sour Puss Part 2. I'm glad you got it, finally. Yeah, well, it wasn't the easiest of acquisitions. I mean, it did just arrive in the mail, thanks to uh, Mr. Huffler. Right, you mean Mr. Huffler. Yes, the one who gave us the recordings before. He has, um, he did ask that we address this before we get into the episode, since he's been so generous in, in providing the episodes for us, we, we have to comply. Thank no- you. Number one, uh, he wants to get episode one back to him. Uh, you said you sent that via registered mail? What? You told me you were going to send it via registered mail. A certain mail. Cert- there is no such, Wait, there's no got, such thing as no, certain I've got mail. A I have a receipt. Well, don't get it now, no, but... I just want to make sure. Okay, well, when did you send it? Because he said he hasn't Home gotten Depot. it yet. What? He hasn't gotten it. No, he has not gotten the oh, original episode. It. So certified mail? Maybe. Okay, well, Matt insists that he sent it to you via registered or yeah, certified the mail. Stamp? They gave you a, a p- piece of paper, so there should be a number on there. We should be able to go online There's and... There's no number. They just put a stamp and they put it in the box. That's not registered mail. Registered mail is when you pay extra. Well, okay. Well, just never mind. We'll talk about this offline. So we're going to get that episode back to you. It's very important. We're going to honor your materials and get them right back to you. Uh, Look into where they might be. Secondly, in talking to him about looking harder for more episodes, I think he had some valid points that I was a little scolding. Highfalutin. I don't like hearing that. I don't like hearing that. I didn't mean that as an insult. That's kind of weird because he did find it after he looked harder but i thank you i apologize uh i realize i was um here's the thing he found the episode right so maybe I, thank you and then the other thing is we refer to him as a certain kind of actor that he does not want to be known as he just wants to be known as a man and man uh, actor mr i don't think there's such a thing as a man actor um but he just wants to be known he's not even an actor anymore so he's an actress. he doesn't say what he does very mysterious. Yes. Well, he is a patron of the show, which is hmm. nice to have. Okay. All um, right. All right. And uh, so, so we're going to refer to him from here on out as Mr. Huffler. Thank you, Mr. Huffler. Mr. Huffler. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, let's back up a little bit because it's been a while since we've uh-huh. listened to Sour Puss 1. Do you remember what happened in that one? Uh, that's the one with the monkey. And nope. that's all I remember. Nope. No, that was the monkey's uncle. Okay. Sourpuss is the one with uh, stuff that falls out. What? What falls out? Something that's important to the puppets. They're strings. No, they're not marionettes. Okay. They're ventriloquist figures. So right, I'm not good at... The, the, the jaw, the whole jaw falls off. It's their hair. Huh. You don't agree with that, I can tell. I'm just thinking okay, about it. Okay, so here we go. Sourpuss part two. Brought to you by... What? Puppet Hunt Radio! Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane. With six simple words from her bee-stung lips, Miss Aurora Lusk blew the sourpuss case wide open. The puppets! They're all going bald! Aurora and I gaze out the window at the abandoned cabins nestled up to that 
oddly elongated body of water known as the flowage. Speaking of nestling, she's close enough I can smell her shampoo. Can I trust this red-headed bombshell? Hmm, no dandruff, but her hair's definitely not 35% shinier. Doesn't she know about Fitch's saponified shampoo treatment? Their patented rinsing agent would leave her hair even softer and more glamorous. What's this, a tear running down her cheek? Seems feasible enough, but every time I think she's on the level, there's a twist. It's just not right, Detective. There really is evil in the world. But you're a magician's assistant now. Why shed a tear for a bunch of hapless quists? They were, they, they are my friends. I shoot a look at Roddy Drake the Third, who's standing much too close behind us. I start to wonder if Aurora invited me up here so she could out him as the mastermind of all these crimes. When the victims were just at Wick and Sourpuss, I could pretend it was all happenstance. Now it's nearly everyone at the flowage. Looks like someone is trying to eliminate the competition for the summer resorts here at the Fingerlings. Pardon me? I fear no quist, neither as an entertainer nor as a man. So far as regards to the gilded cage, I can outdraw the very best of their specimen, fair and square in any season and in any environs. Mr. Drake, the hair loss of two dozen puppets is clearly no accident. Deception and treachery, courtesy of large necks magicians. How dare you impugn my profession, detective? I demand a retraction. No, not the magicians. It's the syndicate. This is Puppet Hunt. File of Facts 47S-5, Sourpuss, Entry 4. The deeper I go into this case, the more it feels like I'm the rube getting pulled on stage by the magician's beautiful assistant. Gotta keep my head screwed on straight. I can't deny the truth any longer. The syndicate has begun a puppet purge of the fingerlings, and there's nothing we can do to stop them. Why, Miss Lusk, your visage. Excuse me, it's... It's just that Atwick and Sourpuss, they dreamed of a different world. The flowage is not simply the body of water you see out the window. It's the name Atwick chose for the utopia he tried to begin here. Ah, yes. The Quistopia movement, so-called... Quistopia? Little more than idle reveries. That's not true, Mr. Drake. You could feel the change brought by the flowage. 
You'll have to help me out here, Miss Lusk. I'm a little confused. For a generation or more, quits have come to these cabins. At night, they performed at the resorts. And by day, they, they perfected their craft. Yet all too often, they were treated as third-tier entertainers along with jugglers and plate spinners. A third-tier? Stage work only. No busking. Oh, not true. Quists have always been allowed to busk in West Large Neck and up here in the Fingerling. Are you kidding? I realize it's time to take command of the situation, so I whip out my notepad. Fortunately, I had the foresight to have my steno and a fountain pen on my person. Soon as a quist starts warming up a corner, the cops move in and thin the crowd. Well... It becomes a public nuisance at some point, does it not? Who's going to toss a sovereign into the hat of a man bickering with his dummy? What's the entertainment in that? I don't believe I care for your tone, Mr. Drake. Uh, could you tell me more about this Quistopia movement? Atwick always thought the flowage could be more than just summer lodging. He could foresee a utopia where Quist could walk openly with their puppets and engage in the full spectrum of life, free from disapproving glares of the Soto Voce world. The very arrogance that led to the free voices. Soto Voce? uh, How do you spell that? Like many others, I found myself ensnared by one of their shameless and hedonistic group throws. In a public thoroughfare. The group throws harm no one. What are what are group throws? I did not care for the feelings it aroused in others. That was the whole point, Mr. Drake. Atwick says there's a quist inside every man. Not in me there isn't, I can assure you. Uh, pardon me, I... I've got to read my notes back to you, Miss Luska. You say the syndicate is poisoning all the puppets here at the Flowage to shut down the Quistopia movement, which is also called the Flowage? Regrettably, it doesn't add up. While I am the first to assert Constable Blonson Williams is more punchinello than police chief... There's more still. The Sacred Union. A matrimony? A labor union for ventriloquists. Union? So they can fight for fair wages and decent billing. We keep secrets from the audience, Miss Lusk, but never from each other. But I wasn't keeping a secret from... We shall discuss this later. Regardless, Quist must never be allowed to unionize. There's a magician's union? Why, that's different. We've always had one. You just want to keep Quist in their place at the third tier. It seems Mr. Dalrymple's been filling your head with all sorts of gastromantic ideas, but I assure you the specter of communism looming over this country is very real. Oh, don't try and play that card, Mr. Drake. Bah! The Quists have no need for collective bargaining. And who are you to speak for them? Are you their... ventriloquist? (gasps) Miss Lusk! I... Cannot abide such impudence. I am beginning to think that I was premature in hiring you as an assistant. Premature? Yes. But you can't fire me, Mr. Drake, because I quit. Why, I never in all my life. I doubt you could, even in your prime. 
Very well. Good day to you. Vanish, I shall, but I refuse to dignify your vulgarisms with a rejoinder. Well, then hurry up and go poof already. As I drive away from the cabin of Atwick Dalrymple, I'm afforded a stunning full-length view of the flowage, stretching out across the landscape for miles like an oblong, jagged scar. I park my crossley and try and stitch this case together. What if Aurora is right about the syndicate and this sinister puppet purge? Unbeknownst to her, Drake could be tangled up in all of this as well. There, at the far end of the flowage, is that paper mill I smelled on the way up here. Hmm, that could be how the syndicate dumps some kind of scalp venom into the flowage. Using wood pulp odor and the water cycle to their advantage, they could secretly subdue the Quistopia movement and shut down all talk of a union through total and complete hair loss. No quists, no collective bargaining. I drive for the heart of Large Neck, west side of course, with a plan to test my theory, provided I can get my hands on a sacrificial puppet. Ever since I arrived in Large Neck, I've driven past this rusticated sandstone building many times. The sign across the entrance has long puzzled me. It looks like I'm about to find out exactly what they mean by the Whomsoever Puppet Orphanage. The inside is cavernous, dark and cool, with not a soul in sight. I brace myself for the pathos, but as I round the corner I discover a sunlit and fertile courtyard bursting with plant life. Elephant ears, the size of, well, elephant ears, quite nearly. Here and there among the greenery are slow-moving nuns, but instead of black they're dressed in blue and white, gently carrying puppets down gravel pathways nearest me in civilian garb, is a genteel grandmother type, arranging mulch around the azaleas. Can I help you, sir? Uh, yes, I, I'd i like to adopt a puppet. Pops? Pops, is that you? I turn around to see a bright-eyed little fella headed my way, carried by a nun with a sweet and shy smile. Pops, it's Gusper! Ah, oh, what a swell surprise! No, son, uh... I'm afraid I'm not your dad. Oh, sorry, mister. Well, not yet. You look just like my... Hey, what do you mean, yet? Sir, these puppets are not up for adoption. What's the trouble over there? Sister Furnace, good afternoon! The nun with a booming voice and sturdy frame marches across the courtyard, sporting a scowl like a bulldog. Who let him in here? I don't want to go with him. What happened to my real dad? It's okay, Gosper. 
take him back to his room. I guess I won't be taking that one home. You won't be taking any of them anywhere. Without so much as a glance in our direction, all the nuns disappear, leaving the courtyard empty except for Sister Furnace and the gardener. Show this man out, and be sure to bolt the door afterward. Just like that, I'm getting the bum's rush from the puppet orphanage. I'm sorry about Sister Furnace. She only wants what's best for puppets. Uh, Sister Furnace? Uh, uh, how do you spell that? Not like Furnace you have in House for Heat, but F Fur Naz. Furnaz? F U. R, like a, a bear has fur, N, A, what are you erasing? Well, it's... Again, not like furnace, furnace. Hmm. S. What was the... S. Furnace. Ah, I see. What kind of an orphanage doesn't allow adoptions? Well, most puppets here have a home. I mean, beyond the whomsoever orphanage. Uh, they... Do? Yes, whenever Quist falls on hard times, no matter the reason, sister's here to look after puppets until situation improves. I guess I didn't know how the nun racket works in this town. You seem like a nice young man. Thinking about being Quist? Well, actually, I'm a, I'm a detective, ma'am. There's trouble up at the flowage. Trouble? What kind? If I may be blunt... It looks like a puppet purge. Oh, dear. You've heard about it? It happened once in the old country. Terrible times. I'd hate to think such a thing could happen here. Uh, they're, they're all... Uh, yes? They're losing their hair. <sighs> How many puppets? A couple dozen so far. Oh, we couldn't possibly take in so many. Who's ever behind this? They know their quests. The scalp is their Achilles heel. Well, pardon me for asking this of a cloistered woman, but do you think it might be the syndicate? If that's the case, you can't go to police. That's why I was hoping to uh, adopt a puppet and test my theory about what exactly is causing the hair loss. I might sound cruel, but... No, I understand. Is there some way you could convince Sister Furnace to let me borrow one? Never. She sees entertainers as sinful, and she'd never interfere with what she considers God's plan. Say, uh, I can't get a read on you. Are, are you one of the nuns, or the gardener, or something else entirely? Let's just say I'm not allowed to work with puppets right now. What happened? I'd prefer that be kept secret, uh, if you don't mind. Well, with, with all due respect, that's a luxury neither one of us can afford. On the level. When puppets in my care, they would question the rules and talk back to Sister Furnace. She did not like that. I see. Detective? Yes? There is one puppet Sister Furnace doesn't know about. I carved her myself, so she's mine to offer, for greater good. You do realize she could 
comeback. Bald. I must go. Meet me back here at dusk. She hurries back to the front door and disappears inside the whomsoever orphanage. I hadn't even asked her name, and she hadn't mine. I decide to check in at the office, leave Rock a note at the very least, but... Guess who's there, sitting in his white lab coat? Only his beakers are nowhere to be seen, and in their place is a pile of law books. Where you been, Salmon? I've almost got this one all wrapped up. It's Roddy Drake, all right, and his squirrel. Well, I think it's even bigger than the two of them, Rock. You bet. That little rascal goes down the railroad track and fills up a knapsack of chemicals right off a rail car and carries them back to Drake's chuck wagon. So that's where he's been getting the potassium percolate. What? Nah, it's not potassium bakelite he's stealing, Salmon. Uh, what is it, then? Borax. Oh. Uh, dehydrated? Partially. You should know the engine that is large neck runs on that miracle mineral. You ever wonder why the rail yard's always filled with boxcars full of the stuff? Uh, in indeed I have. Cantor's uses it as a coating for all their cured meats. People from all walks of life use it to preserve fish eggs. I've heard it's an excellent flux for smelting, and even an effective treatment for woodworm. <laughs> Don't forget about pearl borax soap chips. Well, it's right there in the name, Rock. I always make sure I have plenty on hand in my laundry room. Thanks for the reminder. Hey, you remember that caviar stain I got on my good dress shirt? Of course I do. All gone. No more embarrassment. Pearl borax soap chips will make quick work of any tough stain, Nix. That's for sure. And yet, that's what troubles me. More than any other mineral, borax is man's friend. And science has repeatedly proven it's only versatile, never harmful. Well, except a German cockroaches, that is. <laughs> That's true. Borax is our friend, even when it's being an effective insecticide. But you're missing the point, Nix. I am? These borax shipments cross state lines. If that squirrel is stealing even a few ounces, for whatever reasons... Drake is interfering with interstate commerce. That's a violation of the Constitution. Bingo. Federal racketeering charges. We could put Drake behind bars for a, a long, long time. And if he's tied up with the syndicate... That's how we'll nail him. Photographic proof. Now, where's that camera? Ah! Hold down the fort, Salmon. Hard to keep up with Rock in that crackerjack brain pan of his. I didn't even get a moment to fill him in on my angle. That's all right. Soon enough, I'll be running a science experiment of my own. By my reckoning, the rendezvous is nigh. Dusk settles. There's an eerie stillness about the whomsoever puppet orphanage. I can feel my heart pounding, but 
why. I guess that Sister Furnace character really rattles my cage somehow. Then again, I keep seeing visions of that shy smile on a pretty young nun who is holding Gosper. Ah, come on, Nicolio. Nuns can never take a husband. Or can they? Whoa! Nearly jumped out of my skin, but under the cover of peeling bells, the heavy entrance door swings open. Out steps that grandmother type, now wearing a white and blue habit of her own. Maybe she's not defrocked after all. I guess you wouldn't want to wear your best get-up to handle mulch. Uh, in any event, she's carrying something precious in her arms, wrapped in a soft blanket. I haven't much time. Are you sure about this? Take her. Uh, what's her name? Call her Canary, only... Yes? You mustn't attempt to take on Syndicate all by yourself. Especially if you're, uh, well, new to town. Uh, you can say it. A large neck virgin. Oh, dear. It's okay. I, I'd like to think by now I've, I've been deflowered. Plus, I have a partner who's a native. Who? Perhaps I've heard of him. His name's a Rock Handy. Rock Handy, or as I knew him, Reginald. Reginald? Are you sure we're talking about the same guy here? Built like Fireplug, has all kinds of trouble with notes. Oh yeah, that's, that's him all right. I follow Reginald since, well, for a long time. Well, thank you for Miss Canary. I wish I could repay you somehow. It's okay. But, young man, I ask for you to deliver a message for me. Gladly. You look rock handy in eye, and you tell him he has guardian angel who is still looking out for him. Uh, what shall I say her name is? Saline Bart. Oh, saline like salt water. Yes, burnt, be, you... Burnt like a piece of wood. No, like, um, your friend, his name is Bert. I don't have a friend named Bert. Okay, let's say you have a friend named Bert, like that, like man's oh, name. Oh, man's name, Bert. Yes, okay. not burnt. Well, here, let me spell it out for you, like this? Yes, that, that is correct. Celine Bert. Next morning, I'm on the road with Canary in the passenger seat, heading straight for the Fingerlings, past those fields of sorghum and their visions of a sun-kissed Aurora Lusk. I slow down as we pass the paper mill. Smokestacks aren't puffing today. Curious. I press on. At the cabin of Adwick Dalrymple, I park the Crossley. Then it occurs to me... I have yet to unwrap this blanket and take a look at Canary. I wonder if Saline Bert wanted this puppet to seem like a newborn baby the way she's all swaddled up. I take a peek at the face and catch my breath. Apple cheeks, wide eyes. How does a carver summon such pure innocence from blocks of basswood? Her soft hair is Teutonic blonde 
It's going to be a heartbreak beyond words to see those braided pigtails fall out. I can almost hear Canary whisper, For the greater good, Mr. Salmon. The cabins around me are still a ghost town, except there, at the window of Dalrymple's cabin, is a flash of movement. With Canary cradled in my arms, I investigate. Mr. Nix. That's Salmon. Oh, she's just precious. Hello, Salmon. No, she's not Salmon. I am. I could have sworn you said your name was Mr. Nix. Uh, no, well, my first name is Nix. That's uh, this is Canary. Well, it's it's just good to see a puppet with hair. May I hold her. Oh, she's so lovely. But she mustn't stay here. I'm afraid she must. We have to figure out where this poison's coming from. You're not going to sacrifice her. How else can I catch a bad guy? I'm sorry to tell you this, Miss Lusk, but a detective needs evidence. Like honey needs a hive of bees. I hadn't thought about it that way. My hunch is there's a venom that's getting infused in the flowage itself, inserted by the paper mill, delivered to the cabins every day as invisible vapor. But that would mean the syndicate is using the water cycle itself as an accomplice. Well, it sounds like you've read that issue of Keyhole Magazine I gave you. Um, I'm afraid I haven't gotten around to it yet. Well, not to spoil anything, but the hat-check girl ends up helping the detective solve the case. Meanwhile, they both fall head over heels for each other. How could the flowage be tainted? The Quists have always taken their puppets out on the water. Uh, Out on the... uh, boating? Yes, in the off-season, and as soon as the water warms up, of course, they're all out there skiing. They water ski with their puppets? That's what I'm getting at, Detective. The Quists who come up here, they're professionals. All of their puppets are waterproofed. How do you waterproof a puppet? Tongue oil. Four or five applications of tongue oil, and... Forgive me, but it's starting to seem like you're a... A large-neck virgin? It's okay if you are. Uh, In some regards, I suppose I still am. Mm, Don't be hard on yourself. There is a lot to learn. I don't know the first thing about tongue oil or even how to water ski. (laughs) The days of skiing are all over now, Mr. Salmon. Look at the flowage. Not a soul. It should be swarming with quists, doing tricks with their puppets. Slaloming. Say, uh, how come you're up here in Dalrymple's cabin by yourself? I thought the two of you were through. As you know, Atwick is uh, incapacitated right now. He needs me here. There's an Interested party coming by today. In fact, I thought you were him. Uh, On the level. Atwick, he has to sell the cabin. He just has no choice. I'm sorry to hear that. All the quists are folding up and selling their cabins for just pennies on the dollar. Huh. Acres of waterfront property getting scooped up all at the same time? 
How good the real estate is doesn't matter anymore. The flowage has been silenced. Quistophia is dead. Ah, uh, it's a scene straight out of Keyhole Magazine. This is our moment, when I grab Aurora Lusk by her shoulders and kiss some sense into her. Only I'm holding this puppet. I go to set Canary down on a table, which is inconveniently on the far side of the cabin. Uh, but the mood for the kiss is still in the air, and so's the Nick Salmon momentum. But now Aurora has turned and is peering out the window. Oh! Oh, he's here! He's here! Dalrymple? No, the realtor! Wrap up Canary! Take her far away from this place! Sorry, but Nick Salmon doesn't run, Miss Lusk. He digs in his heels. Please go! He bobs and weaves. Out the back, hurry! Uh, Until the other side gives in. This is not the time for bobbing and weaving, Mr. Salmon. Protect her. There's been enough hair shed already. Aurora would not approve, but I've got to test my theory about the flowage water being tainted. I decide to get as close as I can to my prime suspect, the paper mill. I drive right up to the entrance. Uh, Still no action from those smokestacks, eh? Closed on a Tuesday. At least I'm spared the stench. The sign looks brand new. Boy, what a tongue twister. Solutions United Synthetic Substrates. What kind of a name is that for a paper company? I turn down a side road. That should take me to the water's edge. Huh. A picnic area, complete with tables. You'd have to be pretty hungry to lunch alongside a paper mill. You'd never guess it from the highway, but this factory is clearly bifurcated. Nearest to me is the original corrugated sheet metal contraption of a mill, looking like it's about to fall down. And there, in the hillside, like a bunker, a brand new glass and concrete beast. What's the Bauhaus influence doing way out here? With Canary still in the blanket, I skid down a dirt path to the water's edge. I unwrap her, and am all ready to dunk her head, baptism style, in the water, when that innocent face of hers gives me pause. I get the feeling she's on the verge of saying something. I don't want to lose my hair. Where did her voice come from? What's going on? I'm no quist. But she keeps looking at me, poised above the shimmering water. There's no one around. Won't hurt anything to answer her. Your mom, your carver, she said it was okay. What about Aurora? Aurora Lusk wants you to spare me. Hey, there's not a lock on what's going to happen next, kid. It's your call, Nix. I can't take the tension any longer. I dunk her right up to her hat line. Sorry, kid. It's a tough town. One that'll befuddle your sense of right and wrong, even when you're well outside the city limits. One more dunk. See, that didn't hurt.
Only Canary's not talking to me anymore. I wrap her up tight in the blanket and let that flowage water soak into her scalp. I did the right thing. Maybe Buddy Bozeman is right. It's, it's not about hope. It's, it's about having a pure heart. As I climb back up to the picnic area, I'm startled to see a black Mercedes 770 parked right next to my Crossley. A chauffeur is opening the door, and out steps a barrel-chested man in an old-fashioned business suit. They head for the picnic tables. Go figure. The chauffeur spreads out a tablecloth and sets a basket before his boss, clicks his heels, and returns to his car. The barrel-chested man is... All set to dig in when he sees me. His stern face lights up, and he waves me over. Gruscat! What did he say? Currywurst? Sauerkraut? Pardon me? It's lunchtime. Would you care for a snack? No, thanks. I already, uh... Are you sure? I have a full spread. Schlachterplatten? I... Kartoffelsalat? <clears throat> Hmm. Even a layer prinzengretten tort. What are you eating? I don't speak German. Oh, oh, I am not German. I am from Bavaria, Mr. Salmon. Herr Salmon, I am Dr. Heinz Schlieke, but all my friends call me Butch. Please, have a seat. Christoweisen? I can figure out that one on account of his pointing to a bottle of beer. At lunch? That's something insurance agent Nicolio Salmon never would have dreamed of doing. But as private detective Nick Salmon, I nod. Ah, to new friends. Sure. Thanks a lot, Butch. I guess the chauffeur doesn't get to join us. He just sits there in his Mercedes, ramrod straight, staring ahead like a soldier. What do you have in the blanket? How am I going to explain why I'm carrying a wet puppet? Oh, it's nothing. But it is dripping. Please to let me see. Uh, I don't really want to comply, but I feel cornered by the imposing size and persistent niceties of this hardy Bavarian. Oh, it's a wooden kinder. How wunderbar. They are so funny, no? Wooden kinder? I start to remember. He was at the Shinola Club that night when I was flirting with Miss Aurora Lusk. I better play this one close to the vest. What is her name? Canary. But I like to call her Kid. But whatever were you doing at Zavata's Edge, and why is her head wet? She needed a shampoo. That is odd. What is your profession, Mr. Salmon? A puppeteer, perhaps? I'm in the insurance business. Hmm. Well, what brings you up to the fingerlings? I'm just driving around. Just driving around? A day trip, is it? Yeah. Well, there's some really smooth roads up here. You came up for the roads? I'm also in real estate. Oh, I see. Looking to invest? Well, I have a lady friend up here who says all the quist cabins are for sale. Oh, that would explain why the flowage is so serene these days. Serene? Uh, peaceful. The quists, they are usually zipping around this way and that way on the skis like so many furious water bugs. Oh, well, how about you, Butcher? What's your gig? Gig? 
As in Gigagar? As in Gigagar? Is that Bavarian? No, Gigagar. You know, stabs a long fish with the spear as it goes under the bridge. You have gars in the fingerlings, no? Well, I've never heard of a of a gar fish. What I mean by gig is, what's your line of work, Dr. Schlichy? I, I mean, butch. Well, as you say, I'm a doctor. Dampfnoodle? Excuse me? Would you care for a dampfnoodle? It is a steamed noodle, a sweet roll. Um, okay. Ah, sweet roll! That is a perfect nickname for you. New friends should always give each other nicknames. I am Butchie, you are sweet roll. I, I don't know if I... Or Dampfnoodle, if you prefer the Bavarian. Sweet roll, then, I guess. Boy, this is mighty strong beer, Butchie. Yes, I see you are swallowing strangely, as though you are nervous or perhaps have a swollen uvula. A swollen what? The uvula is the flap that closes off the nasal pharynx. Would you like me to take a look? No, I feel fine. So, you're a throat doctor. An otolaryngologist? The Wuttenkinder specialty. No, I am a doctor in the realm of the physical science. Mastix. Mastix? Thermomolecular dynamics. Oh, I dabble in the sciences myself, doctor. Ah, insurance, real estate, and science. You are quite the renaissance man, Mr. Sweetroll. I suppose. Hard or soft? My uvula? The science you dabble in. Oh. Hard science. Chemistry. I've been doing some tests up here, and, uh, well, uh, there's evidence that the water here could be tainted. That is news to me. That's this paper mill here. They dump a lot of their effluent into the flowage. Perhaps, but the paper mill is closing. And maybe it's coming from that new building, the Bauhaus one. Roll. It is Bauhaus. That building will not be producing paper, though. That is a headquarters for SUS. SUS? Yeah, S-U-S-S, Solutions United Synthetic Substrates. Well, that rolls right off the tongue. Ah, American sarcasm, it is noted. But you see, SUS knows the flowage is precious. Clean water is essential for the operations, and all the discharges will be filtered and purified before being disposed of far from the region's aquifers. Uh, how come you know so much about SUS, Butchie? Because I am the head chemical engineer and also the president of SUS. Oh, am I... Trespassing? You tell me, sweet roll. It sounds like your shampooing was not so innocent after all. Well, all the puppets up here have gone bald, and the way I figure, that suits you just fine. The Wuttenkinders are of no concern to me, Mr. Salmon. Hey, what happened to sweet roll? We shall dispense with the pet names for now. Well, in that case... How long have you been in the United States, Dr. Schleaky? Long enough to become very successful industrialist. The roads you mentioned, they were very quiet and smooth, you said, even in that tin can of yours. Hey, don't knock my crossly. You were enjoying what I call perfect asphalt. It is my own formula, and there will never be any cracks or potholes in any road paved with perfect asphalt. 
That's impossible. The surface is self-healing, powered in perpetuity by solar radiation. Perfect asphalt is my gift to the motorists of the world. Even you, Mr. Salmon. Well, sounds like you've never heard of frost heaving. There will be no heaving! Once a perfect asphalt and robot passes over the highway, it will last forever. We'll see about that. Tell me, what is a grown man doing in the middle of a workday, wandering around the flowage with a wooden kinder that clearly is not his own, yet giving her a shampoo? It's a free country. Yes, your Americans are quite fond of saying such things. Home is a brave and other cotton candy. Hey, you got a problem with that? Uh, there's another one. The tough guy flavors this time. I think you're insulting me. And my country. And I think you are a detective, Mr. Salmon. I think you are working for your lady friends on the other side of the flowage. The hat checker who's all mixed up in this Christopia movement. So that was you at the Shinola. I get it now. You didn't like all those quists water skiing on the flowage, revving their outboard engines and spoiling your Bauhaus view. So you got Roddy Drake and his magician gang to make the quists disappear by contaminating the very water they skied on. The water of the flowage is pure. Go ahead, take samples. Dunk the head of your wooden kinder for all I care. She will not lose one strand. She has a name. Canary. We have a saying in Bavaria, Mr. Salmon. Sometimes the bloodhound sniffs a little too close to the beehive. Well, here in the United States, the bloodhounds get to sniff wherever and whatever they want. Have it your way, Mr. Salmon. Just don't be surprised when the bloodhound gets stung. Good day to you. I'll see you around, Butchie. I knew I'd landed a pretty sharp dagger in there at the end. See you around, Butchie. I give the chauffeur a squint, but he's not budging from his at-attention pose. Only driving away on these smooth, newly paved roads, it still feels like Dr. Schleeke got the last word. I'm more than ready to bring in Rock Handy so we can crack this case together. Little did I know. Rock had already gone missing. He was hot on the trail of Roddy Drake, but in a twist that no one could have anticipated, he and Buddy Bozeman were on their own collision course with Dr. Heinz Schlieke, about to get pulled into a menacing vortex known as Sus. Tune in next week for the action-packed conclusion of Puppet Hunt, File of Facts, Sourpuss, Part 3. Now that we solved the case, Nix, I'm hungry. Me too. That's why I'm buttering this bread. Say, I hope that's not real butter. Why? What's the matter? Well, in a recent national survey, American families preferred Nekoa oleomargarine spread to butter by a nearly four-fifths advantage. I happen to have some with me. Try it and you'll see. Oh, it spreads so smoothly. Exactly. And there's no clumping like you get with other brands. I just love the smooth, workable texture. 
What about my nutrition? Not to worry, Nix. The school nurse says Nekawa oleomargarine has as much food energy as the most expensive spread, up to 3,300 calories per pound. And it's packed with vitamin A. Vitamin A? I guess we all need that. Especially in winter. And the good news is, all year round, there are over 7,500 units of vitamin A in every pound of Nukawa oleomargarine. Well, maybe that's why American families prefer Nukawa oleomargarine spread to butter by a nearly four-fifths advantage in a recent national survey. It's the wholesome thrift spread that saves you money on every pound. I'm sold, but how digestible is it? Relax. Nukawa oleomargarine spread is churned from pure vegetable oils and other farm products, so you better believe it's digestible. Well, no wonder so many families now use Nukawa oleomargarine spread. It's certainly different from old-time margarines. Thanks, Rock. For cooking, use Nukawa as it comes in natural pure white. For the table, simply tint Nakawa, a golden yellow with a pure color wafer located in each package. I can't wait to get some of this new style margarine for myself. Today. Well, what'd you well, think? Oh, very good. Another cliffhanger. I got kind of thrown by that commercial at the end me too because they said now we solve the case and i thought well maybe it's not a cliffhanger but they just said it was cliffhanger. right rock's supposed to be missing but then he's eating margarine it must have been just a stock commercial that they'd stick in there yeah that's they probably didn't have any creative control over what commercials got played yeah but uh that so that was neko oreo margarine i wrote that down oleo margarine neko though you know yeah. did you hear that part yeah so here's what i was thinking this was like the mid-40s so what I don't understand is why this there because butter is fine just eat butter so why are they having a a thing showing you eat this you don't know about margarine? the history of oleo margarine no I missed that class oleo was traceable to Napoleon it was developed because he needed food stuffs that could be traveled with and could be uh, used in across the continent and butter doesn't keep as well so he commissioned his chemists to come up with this butter substitute was very practical in world war ii as well did you hear the thing about the white oleo versus the yellow and the little flavor packet yeah something about yellow they want to make everything yellow very interesting history all right so they were developing the butter substitute called oleo margarine sometimes called just oleo and sometimes called just margarine all right you've heard all three i take it i have behind this point back to the story natural butter is a light yellow color that i am aware of okay and then oleo came out and it was just this pure white color which was unappetizing to some Ah, people and so they started to dye it a yellow yeah and i don't know if you ever noticed that some margarine is like kind of a sickly yellow yeah right okay all right so they kind of overdo it it doesn't take color as well i can't believe it's not butter it's a type of margarine margarine okay Mm -hmm. the butter industry Mm -hmm. big butter fought back after the war they said don't dye the margarine yellow Uh you can't sell it yellow it has to be sold white and that's it looked like lard so people were repulsed by it ah 
And then they sold these little packets that you would put in a bag and squeeze up to make your... <laughs> You'd squeeze them up? You would squeeze the, the color wafer. You'd have a color wafer mm-hmm. in the package that you'd buy. And you'd yeah. put it in a bag and you'd squeeze it up and mix the color up. Yeah. I imagine you'd give that job to children. And then they would enjoy that. They'd enjoy yellowing the They'd margarine. they get to squeeze up the packet. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting lesson. A lot of yellowing agents in most of these commercials and squeezable packets, I've noticed. Um, Here's another thing I was wondering about, busking. What the hell is busking? Like, has something to do with the corn? I think that's where you're on the street and you have your guitar case open and you're playing for passersby and trying to get money. Do you think that people were really busking with ventriloquist dummies? I mean, like, could you actually... I've never seen that. It may have been a thing of the 40s. Maybe they did that. I sometimes like, wh- wonder why would they. I listening. mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but I gotta just get this out. Rock yeah, is wearing, a scientist. Yes. What's up with that? He's wearing a white coat, but now yeah. he's doing law books. So he puts on a white coat, even if he's if he's doing exper- science experiments oh. or if he's looking up constitutional law. Anything with learning, he puts in the same category. I think Aurora's very labile. Befuddled. Labile. Um, Do you think that's on purpose? Well. I think she uses that to play the men in her life like oh. a piano. You know, she can she can just hit those emotional highs and emotional lows, mm-hmm. and the men just sort of bow down before her. Yeah, well, certainly Nix does. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get a chance with her? No. So the Questopia movement, okay, so there's possible busking, okay, and then they want to be able to walk openly. Alleged this. busking. It's a spiritual movement. Sometimes it feels like there's too much political yeah, the stuff politics going in there the with communism the, bringing and... in the communism. And then, so what did you make of that orphanage? The puppet orphanage. Yeah. Didn't really understand what they did or why they did it. I think the world of Large Neck is that the puppets have a sentience. No, I don't know about that. And what care do they need? You just put them in a box and that's the end of it. I don't think you would do that in Large Neck. They're treated as though they have a sort of spirit. Well, okay. But I did wonder who was making the voices for all the puppets. Like that, what's the one? The Gosper. The Gosper. Yeah. Who was making that voice? Was that Nix? Was that the... No, no, no. The nun. The the, the, the pretty nun. Voice no, nun. not the mean one. The one that Nix kind of falls in love with. The one who has... Saline Burt? No, the other nun. The oh, one the who, one he says is uh, the quiet and not saying anything. She so has a sweet like, smile, yeah. I was suspicious that maybe... Uh, Saline Burt might have had some connection with Rock more than just friends. Maybe she helped raise him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, okay, she's the guardian angel, right? And so yeah. there's going to be a big payoff in episode three. Part three, they're going to explain who Saline Burt was to him. Right? I hope so. She's worried about the the puppet purge is going to mean that there's going to be all these hairless puppets yeah, in the orphanage. Yeah, that's what I took from it. It's like when you lose their hair, you got to give them up or something. Well, let's see if I got this straight. So you can't perform because people are too horrified by the idea of bald Maybe. puppets. And this is the other thing. Most puppets I've ever seen have wooden hair. The whole thing is just wood. They don't have like real hair. Well, we don't eat oleomargarine anymore either. So it's a completely different time. Okay, good point. And she said there that the scalp is the Achilles heel. Uh-huh. So I guess there's more like mythology that's going to be explained if we can get part three. I... Oh, we'll get it. So barrel chested. Yes. This guy, big barrel chested guy, and he's got this squeaky little voice. Did you notice that? I had the same note. Oh. I thought, is he supposed to be a puppet of sorts? Like Maybe he's, he's a puppet in a, inside of a suit. 
There weren't very many puppets in this episode. That was the other thing I was noticing. There was Gosper and then Canary, who, like, Nix is... Nix is very conflicted about whether he wants to throw his voice or not. Yeah, I think he's a bit embarrassed by the whole procedure. And he's strangled most of the time in his social interaction, so it makes sense that even when he's alone with a puppet, he's he's uncomfortable. Yeah, well, he should be uncomfortable being alone with a puppet. Oh, so Dr. Schleaky is trying to silence the puppets because they're water skiing yeah, too much? Yeah, he very suspicious. Yeah, well, he showed up, as Nix pointed out, he shows up in episode one. Part oh, one, he's okay. in there, that makes and sense. Mm-hmm. he seems to pretend to like puppets, but you get that impression that he has a quick temper. He got really upset at the frost heaving. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Would you like Ours. to see more gunplay in the show? Well, it, we're, we're used to I a like lot of puppets guns. get shot, because that seems to be a trope, and it's a, a good way for somebody trope. to get shot, but nobody dies. I like the gun gunplay, yeah. It's funny you So said you're that. saying like even an innocent puppet getting shot it's is something innocent. you want. It's just made of wood. It's not innocent or guilty. It's just a puppet. You and I see this show very differently. Yeah, I would say. Well, I'm glad we both still like but it. But monkeys, puppets, if we were writing it now, I'd say put in more puppets, put in more monkeys. I definitely think this this series, the this triad is supposed to be a silencing of the quists that it's the quistopia movement oh. is dead we're not hearing any puppet voices it's supposed to be eerie this could be leading up to like the finale of the season because i I'm, i know the season either had one or two more from the research i've done by just looking on the internet yeah i never found anything about the cavalcade of crime all that stuff you put on the website i never yeah, saw i heard that other somewhere. if i do a google search the only thing that comes up is our site yeah google's unreliable you got to use bing Always use Bing. So you're saying if I do a Bing search, I'm going to find Cavalcade of Crime. No, not necessarily. They might have taken it down. All right, I'm going to make one more plea out there for audience members who have not scoured attics, radio stations, Movie basements, theaters, movie uh, restaurants, hotels. Most of those places probably wouldn't have um, uh, radio shows. Yeah, keep looking for reel-to-reel tapes. Reel-to-reel tapes with... The shows on them. Yeah, they're not going to be... Not blank. Not cassettes. Because we can get blank. Yeah. Speaking of more episodes, um, I did hear from uh, the individual who has contacted us about more Puppet Hunt reel-to-reel tapes. This is not Mr. Huffler, but uh, the other individual who... Who is this? The one who I said less than kind things about in the other commentary and it's come to light that he does appear to be in possession of several episodes he's um he sent us snippets of that guy yeah okay yeah and those do appear to be episodes that we've never heard and so no 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 his price is extravagant but i've been wondering i just want to put this out here since we're recording it and i it's just tip of your tongue no top of the morning it's, um... Puppet hunt? It's percolating, is a thought. Okay. Okay, like a coffee percolator. Yep. I'm wondering if the fans who you said, according to the analytics... According to the latest data, if you take the hits and divide it by... Well, don't and... don't want to disclose that because the guy's probably listening. So we have a lot of oh, listeners, yeah. right? That away. we have access to how many are mm-hmm. in the analytics. We know. We know how many people are listening. And they seem to be growing. And I'm wondering if they would feel obliged or at least inspired to support the show financially so that we could acquire 
an episode, maybe maybe a few episodes through this individual. So he should extort them instead of us. I don't like that word very much, and I think he objected to it also. Um, yeah, because it's illegal. So if you're a fan and you'd like to support the show... If you're not a fan, turn this off. Go to the message board and let us know if you're willing to make a investment. Think of it as an investment or an opportunity to make the world a better place than you found it. An investment. Yeah, an investment in the cultural... Future. Past. Past. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, if There's you know on your who wrote the, the episodes, you can post that on the website at www.puppethunt.com. .net. .net. So what do you think explains our uh, spike in listenership? Do you think because we went to the yeah, podcast festival? Anomaly. Could be the podcast festival, the L.A. podcast festival. Uh, we maybe. did meet a lot of movers and shakers I there. I asked some questions. You handed out like five business cards. Five? Yep. Including the one in the elevator. And you said you had an elevator pitch and yeah, you I didn't, didn't use it. Didn't I, use the elevator pitch. Off the elevator I used it. Once I got off the elevator. To the guy who was in the elevator? Yeah, I was too stunned that I had the chance to use it on the It was your elevator pitch, so I kind of did. I couldn't remember it. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, we thank you for um, spiking our numbers. And listening. And listening. We do this for you. We do it for the love of Puppet Hunt. Tune in next week. We're not, we don't know if we're going to have any more episodes. Oh, that's not weekly. All right. Final thoughts on the show. Uh, final thoughts. Um, I don't know if I mentioned uh, margarine. Did I mention that? A couple of times. Should have checked this off. Go ahead. Well, this has been... What? Puppet Hunt Radio yeah. with Matt and Lane. And can I try it again? Don't shuffle the papers when I'm 